You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Uh, welcome online, uh, not only here in Coventry, but we're aware in the wider region in the West Midlands and more and more uh, beyond that in the UK and overseas. Welcome wherever you may be. Well, this is week three of us moving to a live stream format, and I uh, hope you're enjoying that at home. We're certainly enjoying it here. And I just want to take a moment to give a huge thank you, not only to the worship team, who've done it so incredibly well serving us each week, and uh, the hosting team here that are keeping things all COVID secure for us. But the production team, uh, and you don't see these guys, but uh, these guys and girls, but the online uh, audio mixer, the video mixer, the camera team, the lighting team, the producer, the sound guys, uh, just making all of this work. And they've done this like it was a flick of a switch to go to a live stream. Let me tell you, it is not. And uh, if you're enjoying this format or just want to show your appreciation, if you're at home, why not just put something in the YouTube chat? Well, also, as you heard in the notices from Tracy, we are about to enter into our third and final week of 21 days of prayer. And when you're fasting, well, my experience when I'm fasting is it is a sweet time of drawing close into the presence of God. But when you're on a 21-day fast, it's always a good thing when you enter into week three, as we will do tomorrow. And I've loved it this year, not just having a prayer shield so we can align our daily prayers together as church, but having a daily verse and a weekly theme, which we began, most of you will be aware, week one, withdrawn near this idea that in week one, we were just going to come into the Father's presence. We were going to draw near with confidence, as the Bible tells us to do, and press in and enjoy intimacy with God. And then this last week, build on that idea, not move on from that idea, but build on that idea and home in on this thought of preparing the way of consecration, of allowing the Holy Spirit to search our hearts and prepare us for what he wants to do. And from tomorrow, we are going to build on that and begin to pray kingdom come. I wonder in the room if we can say that together at home. Kingdom come. Kingdom come. This is our week three theme and the title today. I'm going to try and speak a little bit into this. Jesus, of course, in Matthew chapter six, was asked by his disciples, uh, how should we pray? Will you teach us how to pray? And he taught us what we know as the Lord's Prayer and began saying this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the Gospels, it's my conviction that the biggest theme of Jesus in the Gospels is the kingdom of God. 119 times in the four Gospels, Jesus talks about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He says the kingdom of God is at hand, it is near. He speaks about the kingdom in Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 3, Jesus has gone to the cross. He's risen from the dead. And then it says that, that he gathered before he ascends to the Father. It says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, and he spoke to them about the kingdom, about the kingdom of God. And I'm 
For us here at CLM, our purpose statement as a church is that we would bring the kingdom of God into every life and sphere of society. That is what we are on with. And many of us get it, but I'm also aware for many of us, it can seem, it seems like biblical language, but it can seem a little bit abstract. A little bit maybe like where we were last week when we were praying that the glory of the Lord would be revealed. And we all want to see the glory of God, but then we stop and go, I'm not even sure maybe what that means. In our Monday prayer meeting this last week, Tracy Mumby led us in that, and she said she'd once heard somebody say, the glory of God is making God look as good as he is. Making God look as good as he is. And a little bit, when the kingdom comes, we make God look as good as he is. The the kingdom comes when the king comes. The king is Jesus, and Jesus comes. He is coming again in glory to judge the living and the dead, but he comes today through his church, through his people, which means to say that, that when we show love and kindness and grace, when we stand up for integrity and justice, when, when we demonstrate generosity, when we pray for somebody who's sick, when we share the gospel, the good news of Jesus with someone, then the king comes and the kingdom comes through us. That we are in that sense destined and called to be kingdom bringers where we are in our places of work and study. And this week we'll be praying kingdom come. In our Tuesday night prayer meeting, which was a, a, just an incredible time, a prophetic time, and we, we put something, we invited people to put things in the Zoom chat of what it means when the glory is revealed, when the kingdom comes, when we make God look as good as he is. And it was so great. People put in things like this, peace in the neighborhood, broken families reunited, young People hungry for Jesus. Large businesses valuing people over profits. No person feeling like an outcast. The goodness of God becoming tangible, a tangible reality for every person in every place. Every child and young person safe in our city. Whole households finding Jesus. No one hungry and lonely. Peace, 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 somebody put. Healing, signs and wonders. Love and joy in action. Integrity and righteousness in government and business, etc., etc. And what was so great for me was not only seeing people get it, what does it mean when the kingdom comes, but also what different people were posting, because I know most of the people that were posting. And it was great for me to see, I know people who've got a passion about young people were posting about young people. I know people who've got a, a burden about the vulnerable were posting things about the lonely and the hungry. People that work in business were posting about business. I was going, this is it. This is the body of Christ. This is how God has designed it to be, where we're positioned in our lives, where we carry passions in our lives to bring the kingdom to every life and sphere of society. It's his plan. And this week, I'm going to encourage us to pray, God, let your kingdom come. First of all, in me. Let your kingdom come in me. Let your rule and your reign be established in me. King Jesus, come and reign in me. You reign above it all, but come and reign in me. Pray kingdom come in me. We pray kingdom come in my household, in my family. God, let your kingdom come in my family. If you've got kids, uh, over your kids, or let your kingdom come in my kids' lives, your rule and your reign in my street. 
my hall of residence, my block of flats, my place of work and study and influence. Wherever you may be connecting with CLM, we, we here might pray, God, let your kingdom come in Coventry. But wherever you are, wherever your village, town or city may be, we can pray, God, let your kingdom come. And today I'd like us to turn to Joshua chapter 5. If you've got a Bible here at home, why don't you turn to Joshua chapter 5. And uh, this is, uh, these are some verses that we visited in one of our prayer meetings this week that was, had a prophetic edge to it. And what I want us to understand is we can draw some things from this because this is a moment where the kingdom is about to come in the promised land. The backdrop to this encounter where Joshua encounters God is that God has led his people Israel out of Egypt uh, through the wilderness, through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, over the River Jordan. They are now standing in the promised land. They're standing in Canaan. And as they're, they're standing there, they, are, they can see in view the walled city of Jericho. And they are about to go in and possess. And God is about to establish his kingdom in that place. This is what happens through the subsequent generations. This is a kingdom coming moment. And they're looking at Jericho. It's a walled city. It looks impenetrable. And God encounters Joshua. This is what the Bible says. Joshua 5 from verse 13, breaking into the first part of chapter 6. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. They were in a lockdown. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. And after these, these words, Joshua gathers his team and they mobilize the people and they put into action what God has told them to do. And they go first day, second day, sixth day, seventh day, seven times. And then this is what the Bible says just a few verses later. Chapter 6, verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted at the sound of the trumpet. When the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with a sword every living thing in it. Men, women, young and old, cattle, sheep and donkeys. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we're speaking about the kingdom coming. And I think we can draw three ideas out of this. And the first idea is this. The key to agenda is alignment. The key to agenda is alignment. If we're going to see the kingdom come, I want to remind us and, and tell us today that the king already has an agenda. If you're praying kingdom come in your life, kingdom come in your family, I want to tell you today, God has not bypassed thinking about this. 
He doesn't need your agenda. He already has an agenda for your life. He has an agenda for your family. The start of this encounter is almost shocking because God has led them to this point and Joshua encounters the commander of the Lord's army. Now we're told that this is holy ground and then it goes on to say, and the Lord said, and it appears that it's not an angelic visit, but it's actually God himself. When angels come, it doesn't tend to be holy ground. It's when God comes, like the burning bush. So this is an encounter with God. And Joshua says, are you for us or for your enemies? And of course, we're expecting the answer to be, I'm for you. But he says, neither. But as commander of the Lord's army, I have now come. What on earth can we draw from this strange response? Well, I think it's this, that God is actually saying, this is not about you, Joshua. This is not even about Israel. This is about me. This is about me. The kingdom comes in our lives when we yield to what God wants to do. I remember having been in Coventry for, for a, probably a couple of years, and we prayed for the city, and, and we, we were seeing great things happen here as CLM. But then I remember being in this prophetic conference and being provoked to listen to God, to see what agenda he had for the places where we lived. And actually, we were hosting this conference here. It was a UK conference, and I could literally look out of the window in the room where we were and see over the city of Coventry. And we had about an hour, I remember just sitting before the Lord listening, and I felt God speak to me about what He wants to do in this city. And I felt ashamed to say that in the two years that I'd been here, I hadn't stopped to really say, God, what is it that you want to do? I know there are some things that He wants to do because we see it in His Word, but Lord, what, what, is, what is it that you really want to do? What do you see? What is your agenda? And I felt him speak to me, which has, it shaped my response. It shaped my expectation of what God wants to do us through, wants to do through us here in our city. And so I'm going to invite you this week as we pray kingdom come to take some time to say, Lord, what is your agenda for my life? What do you want to do? What do you want to do in my family? If you've got a business, what do you want to do in my business? What do you want to do in my workplace, in my university, in my neighborhood, on my street? God, what is on your heart? Joshua falls face down and asks, what message do you have for your servant? He said, I have come to align myself to your agenda. I want to tell you, if we're going to see the kingdom come, we have to align to his agenda. Often we can come with the things that we want to happen and ask God to bless it. But I say a a better way, if we're going to see the kingdom of God come and do everything that he has designed for us to do, is to say, God, what do you want to do with my life? And come into alignment. I want to invite all the ministry leaders this week at CLM, or if you oversee a part of ministry, to come spend some time this week to say, in 2021, what do you want to do in this area of ministry and over the place where you live and serve and work or study? I think in, in my life, the last area that I brought into alignment, the last area for me to submit to the Lord was who I was going to marry. I got saved at 17 and I I came to a place of surrender. I came to a place of saying, God, I will go wherever you want me to go and I will do whatever you want me to do. But I was still saying, but I will choose who I marry because I was scared that the Lord was going to stitch me up Uh, with, with somebody that maybe I wouldn't have chosen. And I remember speaking to one of my pastors. He said, Martin, you have got a perverse view of God. Do you not think he loves you and knows you? 
and knows what you want and knows what you desire. But if you yield to him, then he will bring into view the person that he knows will be best for you. And I remember aligning myself to his agenda. And a little while after that, Esther came into view and I fell in love and I, and I traded up. And he brought us together for marriage and for a family and even for ministry, some things I didn't know. She, even, she cut my hair yesterday, did a decent job. I mean, she's an incredible woman. She didn't do anything. And so like, but I had to align myself. I wonder if there are some areas of your life that are not yet aligned to his agenda. To see the kingdom come, we have to align. And then what happens when Joshua says, what message do you have for your servant is God gives him this incredible strategy. This incredible download of what to do. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day seven, and then do this and then do this. It is a strategy. If we're going to see the kingdom come, God can put a dream in your heart. He can put something on your life that he wants to do through you or speak to you about your place of work, the place where you study. And then we've got we to gotta figure out, well, Lord, how is that going to happen? This is the strategy. We're going to need a plan. We're going to need a roadmap. And secondly, I want to suggest to us that the key to strategy is surrender. When Joshua says, what message do you have for your servant? God doesn't say, take a pen out. He doesn't say, gather your leaders. He doesn't say, Joshua, what do you think? He doesn't even say, incline your ear because I'm about to speak. He says, take off your sandals for this is holy ground. What what does he say? What can we draw from this? I think we can draw from this that this is an act of humility. It's an act of submission. It's an act of understanding that the one that he is speaking to is so much higher, so much more glorious, majestic, powerful, awesome than he is. And he has to come and humble himself, lay himself down, yield. It is an act, if you like, of surrender. And when he surrenders, the strategy is given. And I want to suggest to us that that if we are seeking for the kingdom to come, if we're saying, God, let your rule and your reign come. Lord, may you be made to look as good as you are in my street. And, And we get an agenda from God, then actually the way to walk in his strategy is with a surrendered life and a surrendered posture. God very, very rarely spells out the whole roadmap for us all in one go. It's normally one step at a time. Follow me, follow me, follow me. And it is a surrendered heart. It is taking off our sandals for this is holy ground approach to spiritual life that will enable us to walk in his ways. Some of you know that the first time, I've told the story, the first time that I did a full food fast for 21 days, I remember it was probably about 10 years ago, and I remember being in my home, and towards the end of that time, I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit, and I felt him speak to me incredibly clearly and say, Martin, will you be obscure for me? And I remember that time I was, I was in ministry, I was part of a leadership team of a church, I was preaching regularly, and I, my, my life was, was partly in public ministry, not hidden. And he said, will you be obscure for me? And I remember saying, God, why would you want me to be obscure? I thought you've called me to do this. He said, but will you be obscure for me? I remember wrestling and thinking, what does this mean for my life? What does this mean for my family? And I felt God was calling me to a life of obscurity. I remember wrestling and coming before God and growing and coming to a place of saying, God, if you go with me, I will be obscure for you. And I barely caught my breath and the Holy Spirit said, will you be prominent 
for me. Now, I want to tell you, once you've embraced obscurity, the, the ugliest thing is prominence. I was like, no, I don't want to be prominent. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I, I don't want people talking about me. I don't want my weaknesses to be amplified. Send somebody else. I'm happy to be obscure. Let me live a hidden life. God said, but would you be prominent for me? And I could go on with this story, but it turned out to be the resurrender of everything. What I didn't know, meanwhile, over here in Coventry, in this church that we didn't know and they didn't know us, there was a conversation going on about finding the next leaders for the next chapter of what God is doing through this church. And somebody who knew the church and somebody who knew us was brought into play and God was connecting us and bringing us here. God's strategy for our lives and for our kids and in part for this church was being worked out but from a foundation of surrender. And I want to tell us that if we're going to see the kingdom come in 2021, you're going to see the kingdom come through your life, then aligning to his agenda but also surrendering so that you can receive and walk in his strategy, doing what you need to do, going where you need to go, responding to his leading and his timing will be part of what needs to happen. And of course, if we do that, then let me tell you, there are going to be victories that are needed on the way. And this is my third idea from here, that we, we align, also that we receive his strategy. But the key, thirdly, to victory is obedience. The key to victory is obedience. What a victory when the walls of Jericho fell. It looked completely impossible, and yet it happened. And when I say obedience, I'm not saying that our prayers are not significant. Our prayers are incredibly significant. So this week we say, God, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come here. Let your kingdom come in my city. Let your kingdom come in my town, in my life, in my home, in my household, over my kids. God, let your kingdom come. And I believe if we even look at what happens, it's another message for another day. But, but the walking around the walls in silent, or maybe is it silent prayer? The carrying of the ark, the presence of God. The sounding of the trumpet, the releasing of a shout, are these not prayer strategies that God is putting in place or, or parallels or types for prayer strategy? But ultimately, they had to carry out the audacious things that God had told them to do. What a crazy military strategy to go and take a city, to walk round and then to sound a trumpet and release a shout. But I want to tell you, it was their obedience that saw the victory come. And in your life, it will be your obedience that sees the victory come. Who wants victories in 2021? Well, it will be our obedience that sees victories come, our alignment to his agenda, our surrendering to walk in his strategy, but our obedience that will see victories come in the small things, in the big things. I wonder if any of us have already been asked by the Lord to do certain things and we've not executed those things yet. And even as I speak now, the Holy Spirit will prompt some people and remind us of things we were meant to do, things we said we would do, things we've been resisting, things we've been putting off and we know that God has asked us to do them. We've not done them yet. Let me tell you, if we're going to walk in his victory, we need to do what he tells us to do. The key to victory is obedience. The kingdom comes as we do what he tells us to do. And maybe this week as we pray kingdom come, we can also pray, God, would you give me the courage? Would you give me the courage to do what you tell me to do? 
I wonder if the band would come and join me as we bring this message into a close. I'll finish with a story. I remember some years ago, a friend talking to me about getting a phone call from the school where his son was and being told that the son had done something. I don't know, I can't remember what he'd done, but done something. I meant he was being sent home for the day and the dad, not for the first time, had to go and pick him up. And the dad was, was in ministry, a pastor like me. I remember him saying he was so angry and so frustrated. And he headed from his office down to his car. And as he got in, he started to pray, God, what am I going to do with this boy? And the Holy Spirit whispered to him, take him to McDonald's. And the, and the dad was like, was like, no way. It's like, I am not rewarding bad behavior. And the Holy Spirit said, take him to McDonald's. By the time he picked the boy up, he, 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 he knew that that's what God had spoken to him to do. Remember, the key to victory is obedience. And, and he took the boy to McDonald's. The boy was expecting to get absolutely roasted. And instead, he got taken to McDonald's. And they ended up having a heart-to-heart, an open conversation. And from that day, behavior turned around. This is many years ago. Today, I, I know that boy now who is an incredible man in his own right with his own family, a worship pastor in one of the nation-changing churches in our country. The key to victory may be in your life, your situation. There are some things that you're battling. Let me tell you, God has an agenda. He has a strategy. And there can be victories as we align, as we surrender, as we are obedient. I wonder here in the room, can we stand together? And I wonder where you are at home. Would you stand also? And this week, as we step tomorrow into praying, God, let your kingdom come. Can we recognize that our hearts are going to be key in this if we're really going to see? It is not just the raising of our voices in prayer for the kingdom come. It is the yielding of our hearts that will allow us to be kingdom bringers. So we pray, God, would you help us? We ask, would you help us to align? Lord, if there are any areas in our lives where we're struggling to align, we pray, would you help us this week to yield and align to what you want to do? Help us to listen. Help us to respond like Joshua to say, what message do you have for yourself? What do you want to do in my place of work? What do you want to do in my home? What do you want to do in my family? Lord, what is your agenda? What's on your heart? We pray, would you help us to surrender? Live a posture of surrendered lives before you, that we would walk in your steps, your roadmap, your strategy. And I pray, would you give us each the courage to obey. And through obedience, we would see victories and transformation in our lives and our communities for your glory, in your precious name.